Welcome, and thank you for listening to the podcast of North Etowah Baptist Church. Visit us online at northetowah.org. Rather than church being a place where people far from God are met with shame, guilt, and condemnation, we believe Jesus leads us to be a family that extends His grace, mercy, and forgiveness to everyone. We hope you enjoy today's service. Turn with me to John 6. We're going to look at a couple of verses there. But I am excited about Vacation Bible School. If you can't tell, anybody who knows me knows I like cheering. There's been some of us that you might have been with me at a ball game. You say, oh man, will he be quiet? Will he ever be quiet? But I enjoy yelling for my team. I, and I started to wear it today, but I've gotten, since I've been here with this lovely church, this little extra here in the middle and I couldn't get my I knew I'd get an amen out of somebody today but I get I couldn't get my old school spirit uh, letterman jacket on but it says on there most school spirit mr. school spirit that's what they called me in high school I enjoyed yelling for my team in high school I'm not going to tell you which one it is because all of you mostly know now already I'm not going to mention that black and gold team across the creek, but that's where I was at. We uh, had a wonderful manager where I worked, and I guess it's been long enough now I can tell the story. Um, his name's Beecher Saffles, and he lives up the street here. And uh, one, one Friday, I was going ball game, he knew it, and he let me have a whole case of toilet paper. And you can imagine where that ended up. Um, I talked with Ron Baker, you remember him, he was the coach at McMinn for the basketball, and talked to him for a tournament game, and we, as Mr. School Spirit, we didn't like Bradley. I mean, you know, it was just what we didn't like. And so uh, the girls from Cumberland County were playing the boys, I mean, we're playing the girls, yeah. <laughs> the girls from Cumberland County were playing the girls from Bradley Central. All of us McMinn people, it was, at, it was at McMinn, and we all come together. We started chanting, go Jets, and all this other stuff. And it, it turned into such a wonderful um, feeling of family that after that game was over, the, um, our team was playing Bradley boys. And by the way, they both got beat. That was, hey, I hated that for Bradley that year. But, but uh, my, our team was playing Bradley. The Cumberland County stands emptied and came over and crowded in with the black and gold fans, and we had a good time celebrating the other team, against the other team. In other words, I enjoy. I enjoy going to central football team, get football games. I enjoy going to basketball. I love cheering for my team. I've been at Mountain View. I've been at Christ Legacy Academy cheering for the team. In 1998, I enjoyed a church in 98. That's been a day or two ago. I enjoyed cheering for that big orange team. And I'm hoping that we got a good coach to take us back to the promised land again. Rick Barnes is doing pretty good too. I remember back in the middle 2000, 2005, 6, 7, 8, we had another coach. He got in trouble, but we were doing pretty good back then, too. And then you come to basketball. My son, he's up there running that camera for Facebook Live, but he and I go back and forth. I still say Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Any of you sports fans know who the GOAT is. GOAT means greatest of all time in basketball. Now, some of the younger generations, they keep saying it might be LeBron James. Well, 
It might be, might be, I don't know, but I'm still a Michael Jordan. I never did like Michael Jordan because I was a Magic Johnson fan. I, I like Magic Johnson. I like seeing him and Larry Bird, the Lakers versus the Celtics. Oh, but before that, they were playing in the NCAA championship. Michigan State versus Indiana. Magic versus Bird, and it carried over to the NBA. But another favorite upset, I guess you could say, a memory was in 83. North Carolina State, can picture this game with me. Just try to picture this. North Carolina State is the cardiac kids. That's what they called them. They were playing basketball against Houston. Houston was ranked number one. And this is the championship game. And, and Houston's right, I mean, uh, and they're ranked number one. They're on this win streak. And Derek Wittenberg of North Carolina State, he launches at the last second, launches this long shot trying to win. But the ball's going to fall way short. All of a sudden, Lorenzo Charles, I had to look the name up, he jumps up, turns into an alley-oop. NC State. That ugly air ball became a wonderful alley-oop. I guess you're tired of hearing. Well, Jonathan, won't you play that? Church, there's also a special video in here for you. Watch this uh, video. of a test where his young nerves equal to the task. struck the most decisive, most memorable shot in the storied annals of Inverness. Some are calling it the greatest finish in sports history. And Chris Davis takes it to the back. An unimaginable ending. It was set up by a string of dramatic moments too numerous to detail, but with just 43 seconds left in the game, a game-tying touchdown pass by Auburn. So Alabama gets the ball a final time, but is stopped on this play. But the officials put one single second back on the clock, seemingly giving the Crimson Tide a second chance at victory. But instead of Alabama's regular kicker, Cade Foster, who'd already missed three field goal attempts in the game, out came freshman Adam Griffith. 56 yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. Return man Chris Davis, cat quick, 
suddenly burst to his left, seemingly catching the entire coverage team off guard. This play will go down as one of the top three all-time plays in college football, if not the best. Was it the greatest ever? Absolutely the most incredible. Give me just one second. Of course it did. Reminiscent of so many other game-winning moments like Kirk Gibson's World Series home run. Or determined Kerry Strug battling an ankle injury to help win Olympic gold. Or just two weeks ago, when football lightning struck twice, this same Auburn team pulled off another last-minute win on a desperation pass. It's down to seven seconds. You can see the time. Wittenberg, oh, it's a long ways. You ever feel like Derek Wittenberg? You shot up an air ball, but then all of a sudden in comes that Char Lorenzo Charles, grabs it up and makes it. You think you shot an air, have you ever shot an air ball in, in life? Church, I like picking on you, buddy. He's my big Alabama fan's reason I pick on him with that Alabama clip. But friends, here's the thing. Things happen in life. Have you ever shot an air ball in life? Do you know what I'm saying? Like this NC State game, you shoot and you think you're doing everything right and, and life comes falling in on you. You know what I'm talking about. You know when you have made decisions that you say, man, I shouldn't have made that. I shouldn't have done that. The good news is that God takes our efforts and he turns them into what champions are made of. Those cardiac kids in NC State, they weren't supposed to be in the championship game, but over and over, they were making it. Now, I'm not saying God was on that team, but I'm saying in your life, friends, today in your life, when you take those times where you have really just royally messed up, that's when God comes and he picks up the broken pieces and he puts it all together again. That's the reason we, we talk about us being clay that's easily moldable. And in our lives, we got to allow God to make us what, what we need to be. That, that, that Bob Tway, the one, the, the, the golfer, he never won another PGA championship. That was in 86, I believe it was. Then you have Auburn. How often do they beat Bama? And didn't Bama go on to win it all, buddy? That year, I can't remember. I thought they did. I hated to admit that, but I thought they did. Kurt Gibson, baseball. If you watch that whole series, he, he came up the plate. It, does the, it, was, it was a full count, three and two. And he knocked that homer out of the park to give the Dodgers the championship. Carrie Strug, you remember her on the Olympic team? She had, after they won the gold, her coach had to carry her to the podium. Defeat and failure is all around us. And I know that you have felt that way at times in your life. But here in our scripture, here in John 6, we've got defeat and failure. It's on hand. Jesus and his team, that's the disciples. They had a standing room only crowd of 5,000. They've got to feed these 5,000 people. There's not concession stands out there. 
They had all been, the multitudes had followed him. They had, they had followed Jesus. They wanted to hear his preaching and teaching. And the crowd, though, is getting hungry. And they're getting rowdy. You know how you are when you get hungry. You start, well, I wish I, I'm hungry. Jesus asked in John, in John 6, verse 5, look at that. Verse number 5. Where are we going to bribe bread so that these people may eat? The disciples here are thinking, is he, he's got to be kidding us. Where, we're in the middle of nowhere. Where do, he's asking us where we're going to buy bread. What, got this multitude out here? There's no way possible. We don't have enough money in the treasury. There's not enough time. We don't have the smarts to go out and distribute this to all these 5,000 people. Jesus' teammates are over here on the side. They think Jesus done. What happened, Jesus? You think we can feed? The situation for them, that Peter and, and James and John and Matthew, they're saying, it's hopeless. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, we're running out of money. We don't know what to do. We don't know how we're going to do this. Jesus says, where are we going to feed? Where are we going to get something? To, where are we going to buy bread so these people may eat? Andrew, though, one man, he tells Jesus, there's a boy. He's got some bread and some fish. He's got five loaves of bread. Now, I don't think it was the big colonial or rainbow or sunbeam or food city or whatever brand you may buy. It wasn't a big old loaf, I don't believe. I believe he probably brought five loaves enough to, to put a few fish, to put his fish on. Or to have him a little fish sandwich or something. But Andrew has enough faith to know that it's going to be okay with Jesus. His faith goes a long way. And you see, by him having that faith that, that food was multiplied. You know this story. You've been in church. The crowd was fed and they had how many, how many baskets of food did they have left over? Do y'all remember? Twelve. Yeah. Twelve baskets of food left over. Jesus asked there in verse 5. But why did he ask? It tells us in verse 6 why he asked. He said this to test them. For he knew what he was going to do. Even before Andrew came forward, Jesus knew what he was going to do. I believe, I'm sitting down now, and I believe Jesus knew, the Bible says he did. He was just wanting to know if they was going to have faith to trust him. You see, Jesus doesn't leave us stranded. He doesn't just take us to the fire and say, okay, now y'all deal with it. He doesn't take you to the, the place of decision making and say, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> y'all are done. I'm going on this way. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus had a plan. And he knew what he was going to do. The stuff champions are made of is faith. This week, game on. We want people to have faith. And in your life today, applying it to your life, 
The story was, that story, if you don't know that, just read it in John 6 there. But the whole story says that, that Jesus was teaching and preaching and everybody was following him. And, and it came time to eat, and they all got hungry. And, and they were all saying, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? And Jesus said, well, what are we going to buy, where are we going to buy this food? And everybody, whoa, the situation's hopeless. And the disciples can't figure it out. Andrew, though, he comes and says, says well, they've got this guy here. He's got some fish and some bread. And, uh, but Andrew had the faith to believe that Jesus could do something with that. So Jesus did do something with that. And they distributed it to everybody, 5,000. And they took up then, after it was done, took up. And there were still five, I mean 12, I apologize, 12 baskets of food left over. Out of five fish, and I mean five loaves and two fish. For you today, friend. For me and you. For us. We got to trust God. You're going through a tough time in life. Medically, you're stressing. I understand. Uh, 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 socially, emotionally, you're going through a tough time. Maybe, maybe uh, you don't know what to do with mom or dad or aunt or uncle, or you don't know how to handle your kids, or your, uh, you don't know how, how to your, your spouse or whatever. There's, there's situations health-wise going on. And, and, and you're thinking, I, I, I just don't know. And, and I believe the Bible's here, and I believe God gives us this to tell us that Jesus says, I've got this. I've got your back. He asked that question, where we're going to buy this bread, but he did it to test them, to test him, for he knew what he was going to do. Are you going through a situation where Jesus might be testing you? See, Jesus is calling you to give him your best. We have whatever to offer. Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. That's what Jesus is asking from you. God's going to get the victory. God has already won the victory and our air ball, we're shooting it. And it's an air ball. But oh, how Jesus comes. Whammo! He's better than Michael Jordan and LeBron both combined. Huh. You know I'm facetious. He's better than any, all of us combined. God's calling you and me. To give him what we have. He wants us to give him what we And you know what? We've got to give him our very best. We don't have to be the smartest. We don't have to be the strongest. We don't have to be the richest. We don't have to have all the money. We don't have to have more time. We just need to give God what we do have. And that's what these volunteers for Bible school are doing. That's what you're doing as you are praying. He's asking us to give what we have. God will take what we have and he'll make it a home run. He'll make it the gymnastic gold. He'll make it the putt shot or the, the chip shot or the hole in one. He'll make it the slam dunk. He'll make it the touchdown. He'll make it the goal in hockey. He'll make it. He will make it the winning shot. That's what he's asking from me and you. He wants us to give him our best. Faith. Have faith in God. Put our faith in him.
And even when we think we can't do it, he's going to do so much, we're going to have leftovers. Isn't that exciting? Goodness. What a wonderful God we serve. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I can't wait to tell those kids that this week. Woo! I hope y'all are excited. Let's get excited about telling the world about Jesus. And let's get excited about what he's doing. And what he's going to do and can do and will do and every other. It's all about him. Christ above all. Seeing where he's working and joining him in his work. Excuse me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this moment. We, boy, it's exciting to see what you're doing. Thank you, God. And help me to have that excitement with these children all week long. Help all of us too, God, that we would show these children and these adults that might not have a, a relationship with you. Let us all just exhibit and live and shine for you, God. It is exciting to be living in this world. We've talked about all the things going on in the Southern Baptist Convention. We know the, the negatives out there that the world throws at us. We've got the world throwing it at the Tennessee Baptist Convention. We've got the world throwing stuff at North Ottawa Baptist Church. But God, we know you win and we want to be on your team and we're glad to be on your team. God, now, this time of response, invitation, this time to, to pray, whatever needs to occur, God, if there's another one right now that doesn't have a relationship with you, won't you let them come talk to me? Talk to somebody else there in their pew. Even while we're singing, if they need to talk to somebody, just let them start talking about the saving power of Jesus. They just need to pray. They need to ask you to be with them in a hard time of, of health concerns or a hard time of financial difficulty or just to pray for somebody else. Maybe people just want to come pray at this altar for your will to be accomplished this week. God, whatever the need is, let your will be accomplished and we are going to give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the services at North Etowah Baptist Church. If you made a decision for Christ today, head over to northetowah.org slash contact. Fill out the form and someone from our staff will be quick to contact you. Not to mention, we'd love to worship with you. All worship times and other activities can be found on our website. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.